this day specifically for one purpose and that is for us to rejoice and be glad you give us things to rejoice about father and we just want to do that we want to be glad in you you give us life give us health will you give us hope we can look forward to everything that we desire be blessing be a blessing to it and it will be blessed in these things so we honor you today lord and we love you and we thank you for gathering us together that we would hear your word and that we want to do so we thank you for that lord in jesus name amen and praise god so today we're going to talk about the fact that we are crowned with tender mercies crowned with tender mercies crown always represents your status and your standing and crowning also represents the final touch i mean say for instance if a a king were getting dressed he would put on his clothing his robe and the final thing he would do was sit the crown on his head and that crown meant everything it means your status it means the completion you are completed when you're crowned with something and so uh, the bible says that god crowns us with tender mercies in psalm 145 9 let me read that one for you He says, God is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So we being God's workmanship, that means his tender mercies, his heart is tender toward us to be merciful to us. That's over everything that he does his tender mercies are over the earth they're over the sinner they're over the saint everything that God created he has tender mercies covering it which means that he is disposed to be kind to be tender to be tender hearted uh, I want to help help us understand we'll define that word mercy but it says here he is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and of great mercy good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works if you study the word mercy in the bible see how many times it's used especially in reference to god now god uh tells us some things about our mercy but the bible speaks so much of the mercy of god in in how god's mercy is over everybody and how god will uh, uh release his mercy toward us the word mercy really means to love embrace and fondle somebody just like you would pick up a little baby and rock the baby and make sure it's comfortable sometimes people pick up babies when they ain't crying you know you just want to be nice (laughs) it's cute you know and uh, so forth and so on and uh, it means to be compassionate to love on and to show mercy towards something or someone it also the word mercy you'll see that when they want to uh, use the word a, a word for womb in the bible they will use the same word as that for mercy so mercy as in being careful how you treat it because it's fragile just like a baby in the womb amen so that word whenever they would say mercy the same word meaning womb a picture popped up 
in the the Jew in the mind of the Jew and it that picture was of a mother's love and a love that cherishes you as a life that is fragile and in need of help when God uh, set forth words of punishment because we broke his law that wasn't his first idea for us you got me punishment wasn't what he wanted to do first that was not his intent but because he is a holy God he has to have if his laws are being broken if he tells you to do something and not do something he can't like not do something to you if you break the law you understand what I'm saying but he's a God of great mercy and you'll see this in the writings of David David would say things like uh, remember when when um, um, Bathsheba had uh, when when she that first baby that she was pregnant with when he had her husband murdered and David was fasting and when when he got up and his servants were kind of watching and he looked at him and said that baby's dead isn't it and and they said yes and and he said well bring me some food in other words while it was hope for him to be alive i was fasting trying to petition god because i know he's a god of great mercy see david never forgot that the god he served was a god of great mercy even though david was a warrior he would he killed many men uh you know to to advance the nation of israel etc etc but he knew that his god was not like he was he was a god of great mercy so he always petitioned god for mercy he said who knows that he might repent and leave a blessing and so we always have to petition god for mercy i was i was wanting to to study mercy because i was praying for somebody that was in a difficult situation this week and and it's not cleared up yet but every time i would petition god i said god please have mercy please have mercy on this to show this person mercy thank you lord for your mercy and it was crying out for it and i thought to myself i said well god i'm going to get in your word so that my faith can be built up for this because many times you think when when people have difficulty and things go wrong your mind will start to to drift over into well how did this happen or what did they do i mean everybody does that we all got our little uh uh investigative detective on the inside of us we like to detect how did how did this happen and what did they do wrong and where did they mess up and how did they hey, yeah 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 god's not interested in that if he were he would have done something initially to keep it from happening if that's so if prevention is so important to god he'll do something to intervene like his mercy would work to keep you from getting into the situation amen amen now think about it why does he just let us go why did he let Adam and Eve eat that fruit he could have come down at any time and said don't do that I told you don't do that let it happen you got me if the reason for us doing something was so important to him he'd stop us from doing stuff there must be something greater than our 
sin and our disobedience that he can tap into that he would let us go forth and do them things wrong anyway and then catch us on the other side. Thank you, Jesus. His mercy is greater than his judgment, greater than punishment, greater than our wrongdoing. It's just greater. It's got to be greater or we wouldn't be here. You know, the Lord showed me something uh, that, that uh, there was a, uh, you know, the Bible says, why do the people imagine, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? He who sits in the heavens laughs. And it says that God laughs at the devil because he knows his day is coming. He's, you know, it's it's all. Why is the devil's day coming? Because wickedness is not more powerful than righteousness, love, and mercy. So you serve a loving and a merciful God, you'll see mercy come in and overtake wickedness, overtake uh, wrongdoing, overtake sin every single time. Thank you, Lord. The Lord showed me this. He he showed me the Lord Jesus uh, uh, revealing to the devil some people. And and Jesus was laughing and laughing and laughing. He paraded these people out. And these were people that the devil used to use, like me and you, and they're all cleaned up and serving God now, and he's not using them anymore. So that's his vengeance to show it. Look, you remember these people say, remember her? Remember you thought she told her you to look at her now and cleaned her up and look, she's working for me. You got me? And so we are his vengeance. We are his love. We are evidence of his great mercy and his tender mercies over all of his works. Always trust in God's mercy. We, if, if it weren't for his mercy, we wouldn't be getting up every day. Think of the times you got mad at somebody and didn't forgive them and just went on and on and on and on for the longest time. If God were a God of justice, vengeance, with no mercy, you'd be struck dead. If you, you know, he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You'd be struck dead at midnight. You know, whenever the sun went down, you'd be kapoot. But, but God, amen. But God, he's a merciful God. Don't ever think he's doing you wrong or something you're going through isn't right. His mercy is so much greater than our little difficult times that we have. And then Paul say they were light afflictions. Say they're not the be not to be compared with the glory that's revealed. Amen. Amen. Just like a a, a mother forgets her labor when the baby comes forth you know what i'm saying oh this is what it was for it's so cute i just love it yeah yeah i forget all about that amen (laughs) so so god he loves us like that so uh, the word mercy really means a protective love god wants to protect us even from ourselves There, it, it, the one of the words for that's used interchangeably. So we said one of them was womb, like a, a mother who cherishes the fetus that she's carrying, even in the womb. Another word for for mercy, uh, it, it, it there is the same word as vulture, because the vulture, even though it's a great powerful bird and a bird of prey, is known to be 
unusually tender toward its young. So here you have this big powerful God who says thou shalt not and if you do this you will be punished but he's tender toward his young. He has all this power to do harm or to not do us good but he chooses to do us good instead every single time. Every single time. The Lord has great power. You know what keeps us from receiving things from God is us. The way we think about him. Because if your faith is not triggered through love, it doesn't work very well. And see, if, if we don't understand the mercy and the love of God and walk in that and walk in an awareness of it, and instead we walk in this un, 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 you know, kind of unnatural fear of God, or I could say a natural fear of God, where we're afraid if we do something, he won't give us something. And we're afraid if we go too far down this road. Or if things go wrong in our lives, we make mistakes, we want to hide from God. Like Adam and Eve did. They hid from God because they didn't know they had a covenant of redemption. We're in a covenant of redemption and we still hide from him. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to think about it. I can tell certain things, subjects you can bring up with people and they don't say anything. I said, now see, you think you're hiding that from me. Just make sure you don't hide it from God. You know, I don't care about your business. But God does. And many times God will have ministers bring it up because he wants you to get it out there so he can deal with it. He can't deal with stuff when it's in the dark. But he will shed light on it so you can get it. It's like... uh, trying to think of this uh, I can remember I was uh, um, uh, we had a, a club that I was in I was in high school I was in the Latin club very few people in it because I, I didn't realize nobody took that language and I didn't care I don't want to go around speaking to people in foreign language anyway so it was cool with me I just you know but you needed it for a lot of stuff I found that when I got into college and I had to study in medicine is a real big help to me and <laughs> when I have to figure out words is a real big help to me so it it was it was helpful for that reason but they would have little initiation uh uh little initiation situation in the club if you were you know like we were in 10th grade you got in there and all of the people in 11th and 12th grade would initiate you and so they put you and brought you in a room and you were blindfolded and so they said, oh, and this big voice, oh, is it? And they said, stick your hand in this, this vat of entrails. You had to do all these little tasks before you got accepted in the club. And so you were there scared anyway with a blindfold on in the dark. Got me? And somebody put your hand and it's, and you, it's squished. And, it's, and then you put the lights on and it was macaroni. <laughs> a pan of water with macaroni in it and it felt like somebody's loose bowels or something like it I said this is the sacred entrails you must put your hand in the sacred entrails and you put it in there and you say ah and then you turn the light on it's something you're familiar with Amen. that's the way God's love is it won't work in the dark when it's in the dark you think it's all scary God's going to get me oh Lord how do I repent how do I get out of this I know if I repent he forgives me but I know I'm going to get some follow up 
some fruit you know well cancel the fruit too you understand what i'm saying because his mercy is thorough and so we get these these guilt hangovers sometimes because we don't really focus enough on the depth of the mercy of god we're so focused on not messing up he didn't save you so you wouldn't mess up he saved you so he could help you end of story you got me he saved you so he could help you he's not counting how many times you mess up what would he do that for if his tender mercies are over if he's ever merciful you know what mercy is it means to be in a place to render punishment and withhold it that's mercy you're in a position to render punishment and you withhold it that's mercy and so god is in a position to render punishment with us but he withholds it because he's merciful and the more you believe in god's mercy the more of it you see the more of it you give to other people the more of it you see it's just like any other seed that you sow the more you work with it the more you believe in it the more you see and you can believe his great mercy will help people out of every difficult situation it is his mercy it is not his well god promised to do it why did he promise to do it because he's merciful you don't promise things to people if you're you're there to to watch and watch for them to mess up so we can you know punish him talk about it that's what the pharisees did they looked at everything every time they went to jesus about his disciples you ever notice jesus disciples went out And they began to heal people. They began to cast out devils. They began to do the same works Jesus did. The Pharisees never came to him and said, Oh, it's so wonderful. I saw your disciples out doing this and doing it. They never commented on the good that they did. But they would come to him. How come they don't wash their hands? I saw them walk through there and pick that corn. They never washed their hands before they ate that corn. see the people without mercy are always watching to see you mess up that's not god he's not watching you to see you mess up he's watching you to see if you need him i'm gonna say it again he's watching you to see when you need him and to immediately come to your rescue his tender mercies are over all his works in other words he doesn't abandon you because you're in trouble he's present with you in trouble to help you out of trouble not to sit there and watch you suffer so here we have this vulture who's great powerful bird but they're uniquely and unusually kind and tender-hearted toward their young very much so the lord god who is great power is very very tender toward us very tender toward us the word mercy also means favor it means good deed it means pity it means to put to shame 
when you're mercy merciful to somebody you put to shame those who would try and condemn that person so mercy puts punishment to shame they can't live in the same place at the same time amen and mercy overrules judgment and punishment every single time it means to show oneself merciful to bow or show a courtesy towards someone and it also means to exercise compassion and to exercise compassion I know there are are people you know situations people find themselves in um, uh, you know um, the young people sometimes you know how when your kid is in trouble maybe they get arrested caught with a group of people who maybe robbed somebody or something like that and so everybody every parent is always with the wrong crowd well that crowd got a leader somebody this idea came up to somebody to go rob somebody so not everybody here is with the wrong crowd who's in head the charge of this little crowd right here and so people might say things like well they didn't do do that crime but they were with the people who did so they all get punished equally you know what i'm saying i would still petition god for mercy you know why because i know that god is the merciful god and that is not disregarding the wrong that they did but there would come a time and in god's mercy may run like this maybe that person was the one person that went along with it and it wasn't his idea or reluctantly got involved because of peer pressure and there may be people who say things like well they need to be punished for not standing up for themselves or not saying you don't know what the threat was against them you know you don't know what the fear was against them sometimes kids get involved and they'll threaten each other with physical harm or say well you know I got a gun I'll shoot you if you don't you know what I'm saying and so you don't know all the circumstances you don't know what went through their minds but i do know this god knows and he knows who's deserving of mercy who's not deserving of mercy always plead for mercy anyway just in case that person might find favor with god god might change that person's heart and turn that person's heart toward trusting him and so the and the mercy of god also includes uh inviting those people into salvation you know they need the lord if they're running around robbing people they need god real bad and so his mercy includes a covenant mercy with those people he can invite them into covenant with him and that's the greatest mercy that we can ever have so uh psalm 145 9 i read that it says tender mercies are over all of his works all of his works and second samuel 24 we'll turn there Oh, wait back here. Second Samuel twenty-four. This is David, and he was um, challenged by God in some things. He was a leader over the nation of Israel. Thank you, Lord. Twenty-four. Oh, second. I'm in first. Second Samuel twenty-four. This is after he is king, 
and uh, he gets beside himself a little bit and decides to number the people now before when David was running from Saul in a cave and didn't have a lot of help he always called on God now that he's king he's got all these people bowing to him hot and cold running servants you know but four and five wives and stuff and as if one ain't enough you know what I'm saying if you really married one is enough you understand what I'm saying but but he's the king and so he's got all the trappings of of who he is and so in uh, 2 Samuel 24 and verse 9 it says Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king and there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword and the men of Judah were 500,000 men and David's heart smote him that means he got convicted the minute that man told him how many people there were under his authority God convicted him in his heart he says heart smote him after that he had numbered the people and David said to the Lord I have sinned greatly in what I have done and now I ask you O Lord take away the iniquity of your servant for I have done very foolishly you know it's good to have a relationship with God where he can and I know we all have that you know we all have the ability to know when we've done wrong it's what we do about it after it's been pointed out to us that makes all the difference in the world see if you're a friend of God a friend would talk to a friend about their troubles how many of us are always looking for somebody we can lean on and all that they talk God he's the biggest friend you'll ever have you don't don't get mad fall out with people because they don't want to hear your problems you know that's always a sign that your problems do you realize your problems are bigger if they're bigger than you they're bigger than your friends they don't have any answers for you you don't have to go to God anyway you know whenever people ask me they say well well can I get counseling I said no you better come to church and and just sit and hear the word give yourself an opportunity to let God answer your problems see when I was new in the things of God and I was trying to get to to a place of healing in my soul nobody counseled me but the word of God and God led me in his word to get help now when you're a part of the body of Christ you're entitled to be assigned a spiritual authority in your life a minister but you don't need so much counseling as you need the counsel of the Holy Spirit and revelation on the word of God you need to sit and hear the preached word of God so God can speak to you and help you solve the problems that come up in your life counseling is a worldly concept you don't see that in the book of Acts you don't see that any you see counselors assign the people who had to make decisions who were in authority but really what you need to do is get in your word be taught to pray now there may be some challenges that come up where you need but you can come to the altar and get prayer get a word of knowledge get a word of wisdom that's enough to take you to the next step see when we say counseling we want somebody to tell somebody that they're wrong and we're right or vice versa we want affirmation 
the word of God is the greatest affirmation you can ever have and it will correct you when you're wrong too and it will help you and there have been some times that you know I could tell you the people that I've spent counseling didn't pay off I can tell you you know people come into they come from the world and the world well can we get some counseling I said we're going to try it I said but you got to commit to come to church and so I'll give them once and then they don't come to church see they're looking for an instant solution to 40 years of trouble in their lives you can't straight I can't straighten you out seriously and I'd rather let people know up front I'd rather see you spend your time you come you bring your Bible you sit under the word you let God speak to you because he had a word for you every time we gather together and when I say a word from you I mean a word from you you not your wife and her not your husband his word for you and you take that word and you let that word work on you and don't worry about straightening her out you understand what I'm saying see that's where we get it screwy sometimes if I can just get my husband to come to church he do the same thing and then some of them get worse when they get under the word I've seen that listen don't 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 go there with me you see the devil really come out in people why because they get under conviction they start hearing the word the devil starts stirring them up they get angry about what they hear so don't just don't just look for an easy time all the time that's not what you're here for you're here to develop your spirit and grow you're here to conform to the image of Christ sometimes your spouse is your maker you understand what I'm saying there's your secondary shaper and molder people don't like to hear that you think they're supposed to be perfect well when you're perfect then you can demand that amen you're just you so don't be you that's sufficient for God he gonna let you be you at all times and help the stuff that needs to happen amen so verse 11 when David came up in the morning the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad David's seer saying go and tell David something thus saith the Lord I'm offering you three things choose from one of them that I might do that to you Gad came to David and told him and said to him shall seven years of famine you see how severe the punishment that's deserved when we disobey now all David did was counted the people now what did that really mean What's, what's that mean God said that I fight for you I fight for you God goes before you into battle so what do you need to count people for are you going to do something around here without my permission so it was an act of rebellion that's how God sees it it's an act because he knows your heart he sees what's in there and so oh, this David he got ahead of himself now he's going to go out there and try to bring all and you take all these innocent people with you see what I'm saying and so God looks at so he looks at the degree of severity 
of the penalty or consequence. If this blows up and goes wrong, what's at stake? It's the lives of innocent people. I called you as a shepherd to protect them, not throw them to the wolves. Got me? And so you guys be careful on throwing the Lord's name out. Don't say Jesus after everything. And let me tell you why. You know, it's irritating my spirit, and I'll tell you why. If you agree with something that's being preached, the proper response is what? You know better. When you say Jesus, what you're doing, you're using that powerful name in a vain way. It gets too common and too ordinary to you. When you need it for something or you need him to show up in power, it doesn't have the power it's supposed to have. So let's correct that, okay? I'm just, I'm, I love you. I'm trying to help you. I'm doing that as your teacher and your leader. But I know many times, a lot of churches, it's, sometimes it's a denominational thing. Uh, you be in these atmospheres and it's common for people to say that and to but sometimes you can even be using it as a cuss word in when you're frustrated Jesus that's wrong see that's wrong that name should carry with it reverence for the power and the authority that it carries and not be used everywhere you got me so let's button that up say amen i'm not going i'm not going to get in pride if you say amen when i preach something amen. you got me thank you <laughs> my grace came through with her grace but you see what i'm saying see sometimes we pick them up because it sounds spiritual because of the atmosphere that we're in this is a prophetic atmosphere. And your words will have a lot more weight if they're used appropriately with the right intent. So in this atmosphere, you can get almost anything done that you want to have done because God's ready to do it. And, and so just be careful how you, how you do that. So David then, Gad came to David and he gave him three options, three choices. So, and I'm sure this convicted God even more. Because if you overstep your authority and then God gives you choices, he's respecting your authority, isn't he? So he gives it to David. He said, let me tell you what I want you to do. You choose this and I'll tell you what I'll do in response to what you're doing. So God does not diminish David in his power. He respects his authority. He said, I'm going to give you three choices. And so he says, he says, shall seven years of famine come to you in the land? Or will you flee three months before your enemies? You see how severe that is to God? That's deep stuff, y'all. And when you think about it, we can be mad at somebody for years and wake up every morning and worship God and never acknowledge that. And see, it's his extreme mercy that causes us not to be pain. He could throw it at us and we not get up that morning. There's a lot of people that he suffered long with before they they finally wind up in sickness or something like that. You understand what I'm saying? And so the penalties are severe because God is a holy God. He sees everything and he knows the, the fitting punishment for our disobedience. And so he says, do you want to go three months running from your enemies while they pursue you? 
Or that there shall be three days pestilence in the land. That means a plague or a sickness that's going to come and devour the people. He said, now advise and see what the answer. I will return to him that sent me. David said to Gad, I am in a great strait. He said, I'm, I'm up against a wall now. He said, this is tough. Let's now fall into the hand of God. For his mercies are great. And don't let me fall into the hand of man. This is why you can't find nobody to talk to when you're upset. (laughs) Because you don't want to fall into the hands of man. You ever be in a real bad situation and and you talk to somebody and they just chop you up in pieces? That's why David was smarter than that. He's smarter than us. He didn't have as good a covenant as we have. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning to the time appointed and there died from there 70,000 people because the leader was disobedient. I said because the leader was disobedient. Sometimes we see people in churches that can't get well. You got me? We don't know why. God, God, you know, in our church, we seldom have, we don't even have a sick, we never have a sick list. We just don't, we don't confess sickness over people. We, you know, they, they're healed as far as I'm concerned, so you don't get no sickness list out of me. We have people we're praying for, for their health to be recovered to them. But we see everybody is not deserving of sickness. That are entitled to the mercies of God where their health is concerned. That's why you go to the doctor. You're looking to him for mercy. You know, that's the best you can do. But you know what I'm saying. We're all looking for mercy when we're in a bad way. And so leaders... Obedience or disobedience is very, very important as far as the health and welfare of the sheep is concerned. Your health and welfare flows from what you're being, what's being prayed over you, what's being spoken over you, what's being said about you. It flows out of that. Now, you you carry your own faith. Don't get me wrong. You're not bound under my my rules or anything like that. But it's a blessing if somebody can carry you in faith toward God, in mercy toward God, in the goodness of God, in prospering before God. rather than somebody who's looking at you in a critical way in a judgmental way and and disobedient to God themselves you know it it follows I remember when I was first saved the first thing God taught me was how to be an obedient wife to my husband now you say obedient and women look at me and they've always sneered at me when I'd say that I said well God first taught me how to obey what do you mean obey I said that devil right there I got rid of that See, I remember him. And so God delivered me of that devil and taught me it was better to obey than sacrifice. Huh? See, the disobedient always wind up giving more. You understand what I'm saying? Because they always think they got to make up for their bad behavior for some kind of through some kind of sacrifice. God don't want that. He wants you to obey. He'd rather have that than to have your dirty little sacrifices. Because see, after a while, that gets to be a, a thing too. You think you can do what you want to do because all I got to do is give a little more in the offering or do a little extra around the church or something like that. Amen. 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 
you know you you gotta you gotta straighten up he'd rather have you obedient and you know when when they had to give their animals you know sometimes you be so disobedient you down to the family pet you got to take him to the priest and have him killed for your sins so it's much better to obey than to sacrifice amen amen Amen. you can you can keep you know precious and and uh, uh coco and girlfriend and everybody you know you don't have to turn nobody in for your sins so god rather would rather have us obedient and repentant and, and if we repent he can show us mercy and so seventy thousand people died that day because of david's disobedience verse 16 when the angel stretched out his hand upon jerusalem to destroy it the lord repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people it is enough now stay your hand and the angel of the lord was by the threshing place of a run of the jebusite david spoke to the lord when he saw the angel that killed the people and said he said i have sinned i have done wickedly but these sheep what have they done let your hand i pray be against me and against my father's house so you know that david's kids were a mess a hot mess and so much of what was was put before David he took upon himself and he knew that if punishment came to him personally it would follow all of the generations because that's where a covenant worked it worked to every generation and so David in great compassion toward the people asked God to stay his hand and so uh, it, it, it's God's great mercy though that offered David those choices even though he was deserving of great punishment God allowed David to throw himself upon his mercy and David says uh-uh, don't let me fall in the hands of man I know what that's like I've never known a day without your mercy God I wouldn't even know what that's about he says so let me stay with you because I know you're merciful and so that taught David a valuable lesson don't bank on anything that don't belong to you these people are not your people they're God's people it's a lesson for ministers everywhere even now when people don't belong to you they're God's people you know I'll see I'll see ministers and and you can get real callous in your heart about things if you're not careful you know ministers look at uh, you know when God blesses them he gives them great numbers of people and you know they start counting heads and increasing their salary and you know if you if you don't know what to write in a book you write one anyway because you look at all the people that are by it just because you're in charge of the church there and all the money you can make you can get very very callous toward God's people uh, and, and suffer great harm both for you and for the people God has never told us to count heads to determine how much money we can make as something I know ministers that that have started churches and if they don't grow to a certain level in a certain amount of time they just abandon them you know and the people those sheep were getting fed by you what are they going to do now see it's a test for us when numbers dwindle are we going to still serve God are you going to still do what God told you to do are you going to still come out are you going to still preach are you going to do what God told you to do anyhow 
Amen. Anyhow, or are you going to turn around and run? And so you 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 can't be invested too personally. You know, you have to see yourself as a servant at all times. It's, this isn't the job for people that want to be known or seen or any of that stuff. So in uh, Hosea chapter two and verse twenty three, I was going to go over to my other Bible for this. I hope I have my little page folded over. Yes, 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 yes. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 23. So we saw there David put himself on the mercy of God. He said God's mercies are great. Just don't don't let me get abused by people. People are too wicked and evil. Me included. You know what I'm saying at times? Hosea 2 verse 23. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I call not my loved one. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And so the NIV uses the word mercy and love interchangeably. Because it's out of God's love that he is able to show mercy mercy toward us. Amen. Hosea chapter 10. I'll go back to the King James because I want to be consistent because he uses the word mercy instead of. Hosea. Huh? Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. <clears throat> it says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. People who, who seek to be right before God, you, you're conscious of God, walking with God. You're conscious of what he wants you to do in situations. He said, those are righteous people. He says, sow in righteousness, reap in mercy. In other words, if you do good, if you do good what God tells you to do, you will always find mercy in your lives. Break up your fallow ground. In other words, the areas where you're not as strong in God, start developing that. You know, get you some word in there. Sometimes we know our shortcomings and we know we need to get in the word on that thing. That's what breaks up our fallow ground. He says, for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you so there's more righteousness coming if we sow whatever we sow in we will get more of if you sow in righteousness you will reap in mercy amen when you sow in wickedness and in iniquity you reap wickedness etc so you reap what you sow so there is mercy for the one who had not obtained mercy. So God says, uh, you can always, if, if I've never been good to you in your life, there will come a time where I will be good to you if you call on me. You know, this is for people who don't know God. I know many times I've prayed for people and, and they will say things like, well, if there's one thing I, I know about God now, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it would be my neighbors, you know, sinners, they, they only know what they know. But, a little bit by little bit they get to know that God is a good God and he's the merciful God sometimes you can you can lead them to Christ and that's the best thing but sometimes God will just have you 
witness. That's part of your witness too. Is including them in the mercy of God. There have been uh, people I pray for. I remember uh, uh, when we were living in Detroit. All of our neighbors knew uh, that that I was a minister. And, you know, they knew my church wasn't close. And most of them were Catholic and all the different icks and isms that you can be, you know. And I never tried to disturb them going to their church. You know, you don't you don't make enemies with people unnecessarily. Because I figure at some point we'd, that we would get to that eventually. <laughs> you know, sometimes they just don't want you to be around. You know, it's too much God. I remember they invited us to a uh, a little neighborhood party, and so uh, you know they you know people are they go around. What do you do for a living? And so I said, well, I'm a minister. And then I looked at them and I said, I know you wonder who invited her to the party. Right? Party's over. Everybody go home. Who invited the preacher to the party? We can't get drunk. We can't cuss. We can't get up. I said, you know, just. At ease, everybody. At ease. <laughs> Not here to disturb your world. But, you know, sometimes God will have that arranged so that people will know who you are you know and so we never went to another party I promised him when I left I said I'm not going to do this to y'all again I said I'll let you have your party next time (laughs) (laughs) you got to keep a sense of humor about these things you won't survive I'm going to go and get all offended because they don't want me or you know get up there and and get the mic and participate in karaoke and all this kind of stuff And so I promised him I wouldn't touch the mic and I said, especially, I said, I'm not going to drink. I said, you don't want a drunk preacher in here. I said, y'all be here till five in the morning. We preach a lot sober. Don't let me get drunk. So, you know, I mean, you know, you can make light of it. But little bit by little bit, people would let me know when they had difficulty, when they had troubles and all those kinds of things. And, And I remember God showing great mercy to people you know uh, and they weren't what I call bad people or anything but they were sinners Mm -hmm. they drank they smoked they cussed slept around with each other all that kind of stuff I know when we first moved into the neighborhood uh, there were no fences between the properties and I thought to myself I said no this is trouble in the making God (laughs) I mean that's what I did I looked around I said He's slipping over the yard and talking to her, and she's slipping over the yard. And, and then this one is out sunbathing in her bikini, and the husband across the way is looking over. I said, Lord, give us fences. And so when we got girlfriend, we put up a chain link fence so she couldn't get out. And little by little, people started putting fences up and stayed out of each other's business. You know what I'm saying? So, you 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 know, you, you kind of assess things. You understand what, and it kept, I believe it kept people it kept marriages together, families together, kept people from falling out with each other. Because after a while, she wasn't talking to her, so she couldn't cross over her yard to get to her yard. <laughs> Fences make real good neighbors. Real good neighbors. Everybody knows their property line. Amen. So it, sometimes it's a good thing. But I, I can remember God showing great mercy to people and it taught me something about God's covenant of blessings and what it means to really be an intercessor it means that those people's lives would go downhill 
if you didn't have the mercy of God on your life and show mercy to them and intercede for their difficulties. I remember looking out my window one morning and my neighbor who she was behind me so there was a fence between us she had to go all the way around the block to come to my house but she was standing at my front door at my window and she was crying and I said I said Nancy what's wrong she said can I come in and you pray for me her little she had four Pomeranians because I don't even go into how I felt about them but at five in the morning every morning you hear I mean if you wasn't waking up at five you had to because all four of them would come out in the yard that's when the husband got up and let them out and they they were cute dogs and I would I would uh, my dog girlfriend she was a Lhasa and um, she and I would gossip about them I said well they're not really from Pomerania what do you think, girlfriends? <laughs> Just look at me. I said, uh, or fake Pomeranians. That fake fur on them, you know. Uh. But anyway, we just we didn't like them. <laughs> and I wound up having to pray for them. And the poor little dog, one of them had uh, some autoimmune disease. Very sick. Very sick. And God gave that little dog a miracle. God healed that dog. And she's and the, the owner was there. She said, you know, they're like my babies. I said, I realize, Nancy. I said, come on in. We'll pray. I said, God's going to give you a miracle for, you know, I forget their names. You know, there's four of them. I think they were trying to breed dogs and couldn't sell them. And they wound up keeping them. But they were smart enough to get the parents spayed so that they wouldn't have that problem again. So they wound up with four dogs. And they learned to love them little dogs, you know. They didn't have children. And so it was kind of a blessing for me to be able to pray for her. But over and over over again I saw God show great mercy to people you know great mercy because of of just who he is and how he loves and he was and that's part of our witness too you know we think witnessing means you know telling them about Jesus and praying the prayer but there may be many prayers prayed as part of your witness for Christ and, and it's a it's a good fulfilling life to be known as somebody that others can depend on if they have a need in God is a great thing. So I've always uh, honored that God in that and, and love God for putting me in that place where people would trust me uh, with praying for them. And, and to help me to live as a witness that they could trust. Because if, you know, if, if I don't like my husband, I'm running around the neighborhood gossiping about him. And they see me throwing him out and calling the police and all that kind of crazy stuff that shoots my witness yeah I might as well not even be there for all the good I can do but I thank God he kept uh, us uh, I didn't shoot my husband for real threaten minute no I didn't <laughs> I threatened him real quiet no I didn't but anyway you know what I'm saying we kept it real but we kept it holy you know what I'm saying so anyway it, it was a good thing it was really was so we sow in righteousness and reap in mercy Amen. God has shown me great mercy in my life. Everything I've needed from him, he's done for me. Amen. He's left nothing out. Second Chronicles 6. Second Chronicles. How much time do we have, Miss Juan? I always want to. Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 6. And verse 32. Thank you, Jesus.
think. Uh, oh, 642. I'm sorry. Is there a 42? Yeah. It says, O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. The mercies of your servant David. So really the mercies that we receive from God are ancient mercies. They are mercies that have been promised to servants in the past. We see David, the mercies of David are important because David was such a a pivotal figure in the history of the nation of Israel. He was not the first king, but he was the first of the line of Judah, which were promised to be the ones that would bring the Messiah into the earth. Amen. And so it was important because that was the line that would continue throughout eternity. Ending up with Jesus, who uh, everybody who's born again springs forth from the line of Judah. Because Jesus was the final heir from that line. And so we are his offspring. We are his bride. We are his brethren and sisters. We are full family to him. And so we are the ones that are spoken of in the word of God throughout eternity. So we are the eternal ones because we'll live forever. You're not going to. You're not going nowhere but to heaven when you leave here you're going to shed this earthly and take on the 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 mortal will take on immortality amen Amen. and so we will live eternally with the lord our mercy is extended so the mercies of david are extended to everyone who calls on the name of the lord david was a warrior but he was also a worshiper And so he shed blood, but that wasn't all that there was to his life. Some people are just too one-dimensional for God to have, you know, you're a thug. You know, okay, I'm a bad boy, I'm a thug. What else is there to you? You know, is there more to you? So David was a warrior, but he was also a worshiper and many more things. He was a father, he was a king, he was a ruler. And so he was many, many more things. Psalm 119.64, if you'll go there. It says the earth is full of the mercies of God. The earth is filled with the mercies of God. It says, one nineteen, Psalm one nineteen. Okay, I think it's sixty four. Sorry about that. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercies. Teach me your rules. One of the mercies of God is to teach us. Give us a chance to make a mistake and teach us the right way. He's always teaching us. Amen. If you think you know something about God, think again. There's more to know. We we found out in a prophecy at the the, uh, conference that God withdraws himself from us because he is excited to take us out of this earth you think God likes seeing us down here living beneath our privileges and now if you walk in the spirit you're more aware of God than you are aware of earthly things so he takes care of us he does the next best thing and that is he lives in us and he lives through us but you have to allow him to do it you have to learn how to allow him to live fully through you but but he would like nothing more than to bring us 
up to heaven to bring with be with him forever that's that's the joy that was set before him that's why he went through all the punishment all the degradation that he went through so that he could get us to himself finally and get us away from the devil for good the devil has no no uh has no right to humanity he never he stole us from god and so jesus is not a loser he's not gonna let anybody steal from him he finds a way to get us back he finds a way to get us back and he wants to do this so the earth is full of the mercy of god you see the mercy of God if if you if you do wind up in emergency room. The mercy of God is in the wisdom of the people that care for you. That's the mercy of God working in your life. It's everywhere in the earth. Whenever you need God can use anybody to help anybody. He will send help to you or if he can't find somebody faithful, he'll come do it himself. But there's no such thing as God not fulfilling his word to us. Amen. God's mercy is extended to one that the mercy that is extended to us for one is for everybody. That's the sure mercies of David. Psalm 123 3. One twenty-three, verse three. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. That means that you're so angry. When you're angry, don't move out in anger. Ask God to have mercy on you. Start crying out for His mercy. If you're overwhelmed with how you feel, you need to cry out for the mercy of God. Man, you need to. I know when I was newly saved, I was so accustomed to nursing my feelings. You know what that means? That means you feel something negative and you hold on to it. You don't want to let it go. You feel like you're entitled to it. And and I found that God was merciful to me because many times he wouldn't let me act out in anger or act out in fear or act out in contempt or something like that. He helped me to stay in a place where he could bless me, where I would be peaceful. You know, after you act out, that's when you start feeling, coming to your senses. You know, you realize you made a wreck of everything. And you think, God, how come you couldn't have stopped me? But he will do it if you cry out for mercy. Amen? you got to use your faith. You can't just go through here being tempted and then he come down by himself and stop you from doing everything. You have to use your faith and your your desire, your will to cry out for mercy. <clears throat> Nehemiah 28, when Nehemiah called for God to deliver the people according to your mercy. Amen. Always according to your mercy. Bless you. Ask God's mercy in everything, folks. He, he don't don't think that mercy's over here just in case it gets real bad. Or you you need it like an emergency thing. The Bible says it's over all of his works. That the earth is filled with his mercy. His mercy is everlasting, endures forever. And so when we know that about God, we know that his mercy is available to us at a moment's notice. He wants us to depend on his mercy. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all. His mercy endures forever. Amen. It endures beyond everlasting. 
it'll be his mercy that gets you up to heaven yeah Uh Yeah, his mercy will get us everything that we need we think we are deserving of certain things just because we are blood bought but we still must must depend on God's loving. He's got to look at you with love. He's got to look at you with eyes of kindness. He has to look at you in that way in order for you. And, and when we receive his mercy, we become aware of his love. You know, he's not, he's not a robot where you do certain things and you pray and he just deposits stuff to your, your address and there's no personhood involved. There's no person there. There's nobody real you can relate to. The things you'll see sometimes in, in, in expressions in the Bible receive from the hand of God. It didn't just dump in your lap. It didn't just show up in your bank account. You receive that from the hand of God. Sometimes God will send things to you uh, unexpected to, to communicate a feeling to you. There's a message in that for you. Everything that we, every time we interact with God, there should be something of God's character, his nature, his love, his mercy transferred into our lives. You just didn't get a blessing and you feel neutral about it. And be careful trying to, 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 this is an answer to prayer. It's the mercy of God. I mean, you may have prayed, but the mercy of God brought that into your life. It just—it's not like a a machine where you pray, push, push a button, and something falls out the bottom. There's a a, a message communicated to us at all times from God when he when he releases these things to us. They're not mere things; they're blessings. That's why we put a special name on them. They're not things anymore. They are blessings. Proverbs 16.6 It says by mercy and truth iniquity is purged. So by mercy and truth iniquity is purged. God brings his truth to you in mercy. The reason God gives you a word or or explains things to you or gives you understanding is because he's being merciful to you he's honoring you he's respecting you and so he'll bring that truth to you and that is his mercy that he gives you an answer that he provides a, a, a help to you he provides a counsel to you he provides uh, hope to you he gives you the ability to go another day you know how we do if I gotta wait one more day I don't know what I'm gonna he allows you to wait one more day because you didn't think you was gonna make it another day he lets you see you could make it another day without what you asked for Amen. Thank you, Lord. hello know how we think we threaten in God huh Think it's everything we think is taking too long, huh? Like he didn't wait years for us to straighten up and recognize it was him calling us all that time. Mm-hmm. We used to see a little bit of how he lives, you know. Nehemiah nine twenty eight. Deliver them according to your mercies. We said that. We do Proverbs sixteen six. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. If God weren't merciful to you, you couldn't straighten up, and I couldn't either. Amen. We couldn't do better if not for His mercy. 
Proverbs 14.31. Now see if you're a merciful person God will honor you. It says he honors him who has mercy. You know mercy extended to us has to be extended to other people. Remember the the guy that that, uh, owed a lot of money and went to his creditor and begged mercy and he forgave him. And then he went out and found a man who owed him a little bit and beat him up and threw him in prison. (laughs) God put him under the jail. Amen. He said, you were shown mercy. You should have given mercy to this man. Amen. And he, he put you in the, he said he handed that man over to the tormentors in prison. So withholding mercy from people will cause you to be mentally tormented. You lose your mind. Huh? Messing around being angry at people, holding grudges. I know, that's what caused my depression. I was angry, angry, angry. Just got angry for the umpteenth time. I was angry at everything and everybody. I was angry at my life. And so God handed me over to the tormentors. I lived a tormented life because of what was bottled up inside and I refused to release it. When I read that in in the Bible, you should have seen a sister getting right. Huh? I called mama, I called daddy, I called everybody I knew. I asked them to forgive me. Most of them thought I was still crazy. They didn't think I was getting better, but I did it anyway. You understand, sometimes you got to do the best you can with what you have. You know, some people would say, well, if it wasn't received, it wasn't God. I did it anyway. Because I had to. God had given me a revelation. I had to act on it. Don't sit down and hold a revelation and don't act on it. It won't do you any good until you act on it. So God will honor those who have mercy. Psalm 40.11, David begs the Lord, don't remove your tender mercies from me. Don't let me live by what I do. I live good when I do good, but when I mess up, I need your mercy. I need your mercy to do good. God's mercy. You know, when you can accomplish something, it's because you were smart enough to obey him to be led in the right way to do it. Nehemiah 1.5, he keeps covenant and mercy. So God keeps covenant. In other words, that means he'll remind you of who he is. He'll remind you of what he wants to do for you. He'll remind you of that prayer you prayed 15 years ago that you thought was never going to get answered. And he answers it out of nowhere and you sit up there and look kind of crazy to yourself. Like Zechariah and Elizabeth. The angel comes to Zechariah in the temple. Zechariah's an old man. He's thinking about retiring from the priesthood. He's thinking about hanging up his mitre and his robe and all that. And the angel says, you go have a baby. He says, your prayer's been answered. And he goes, huh, what prayer? What you talking about? What you talking about, Willis? Huh? What you talking about, Willis? Huh? And, and so the angel tells him, remember that prayer y'all prayed when you were young? God's no respecter of time or person. He don't care if you think you're too old now. <laughs> See, there's an interesting, an interesting thing about prayer. You know, we read Mark eleven twenty three. When you pray, believe you received it when you prayed and you shall have it. Then you go away and time passes and you think you're too old for it already. 
And God taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, remember that? Thank you, <laughs> you believed you received it when you prayed because I wrote it down. Uh, yeah, amen. Huh? Amen. <laughs> See, when we, we read that Mark eleven twenty three, 23, now I'm, I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. We hope we believed we received it. Amen, amen, yes. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and then we go around confessing. I believed I received it when I prayed. I believed I received it when I prayed. I thought, I know I got it. I think I got it. I know I got it. Thank God he keeps up with all that. Because, you know, we'll receive our healing and then run around and tell everybody we don't feel good. Preach. Preach. Amen. Thought you received your healing when you prayed. Amen. That's true. true. So our God keeps covenant in mercy. He keeps it. We don't have to keep nothing. He keeps it. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs twenty twenty it says mercy and truth preserve the king. Hallelujah. A ruler who can speak in truth and be merciful to the people will be preserved Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. Psalm 79 I'm going to turn there because I like that one 79 verse that not that I don't like the other ones but some of them just keep blessed you know how you get blessed and you get blessed <laughs> 79 verse 8 it says oh remember not against us former iniquities because we remember them, don't we? Let your tender mercies speedily prevent for us, for we are brought very low. So it's in your lowest times that you want God to move speedily, don't you? I mean, you want out of it bad. He said, don't remember the former. Don't remember what I did wrong. Please, God, don't let that stand against me. But let your tender mercies prevent us speedily. In other words, come to, to bat for us speedily. Psalm 28. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but 28, 13. 28, 13. Is it 13? I want 28. Mm-hmm. It can't be 13. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no 13 and 28, so I wrote that down wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Proverbs, you know, I was looking at the palms. What's it say, Miss Juana? Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. Yes, when you confess and forsake. Confess and forsake, not confess and keep doing. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a difference. All you have to do when God says forsake something, that's a heart thing. See, when you confess your sins, you say, God, help me not to do that anymore. Help me. to. It's never like a glib thing. Oh, let me confess it. I'm sorry. And keep moving. Like there's, that's the end of the story. But he says, if you confess it and forsake it. I see in my, my heart is pricked when I see myself doing that. 
when I catch myself doing those things, Father, I, I'm turning against that. See, that's repentance. You just forsake it in your heart, and God will give you mercy. And mercy means that if you keep doing it over and over again, He still forgives you, and He takes away the guilt, and He takes away the stain, and He helps you. You put it over in His hands, so it's up to Him to put a termination on it. He's got a termination date for all of these things for us. Abraham had one. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Quit cutting up Abraham. It's time for us to get serious now. You're about to really enter into covenant with me. And it's very important you stay close to me with this thing. And so there are times when God will cause that that shaking up to come into us so we know that we know that we know that that he has helped us when we forsake our iniquities and turn to him for mercy then we know that we're going to get the help that we need so why don't we stop father we thank you for your word and thank you for giving us understanding of your great mercy lord it's it's uh, we just don't know how much you love us but you're showing us every day you really are you're there to help us you you want us to be friend friendly and friends towards you to look kindly upon you and your help and to know that we know that we know that we always have a second chance father mercy is our second and third and fourth chance you never run out of mercy for us you never get tired of being merciful to us you never we never exhaust your mercy father he's just ever willing to help us in our time of need Sometimes we ask a little late in the situation, but when we ask, you always come to bat for us and afford your mercy toward us. So we're looking for that, Lord. We're looking for more and more of your mercy. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs